This is the look of a modern bank run in 2023 in the United States with a large deposit bank headquartered in one of the wealthiest sections of the country. This trading week ending today, Friday, March 10th, 2023, we saw Silicon Valley Bank, the second largest US bank failure occur over a mere matter of a couple business days. Failure of Silicon Valley Bank, the backbone of the tech industry, it has been shut down by regulators. In terms of U.S. bank failure history, only the 2008 Washington Mutual Bank failure was larger in overall asset size before failure. Strange, because early this week, the now failed bank was bragging about how Forbes magazine for the fifth consecutive year had named the bank on its financial all-stars list. One of the outliers of this freshly failed bank is just how few of its total deposits were under the FDIC 250,000 fully insured limit. At the end of last year, Q4 2022, just 2.7% of Silicon Valley Bank's deposits were FDIC insured. So who then had a lot of their capital tied up in uninsured manner with this massive bank failure? 88% of Forbes' next billion dollar startups, SVB clients. Half of all U.S. venture-backed tech and life sciences companies, they bank with SVB. 44% of U.S. VC-backed companies with an IPO in the last calendar year of 22, SVB. We are underemphasizing the second largest bank failure ever, and obviously the biggest one since the GFC. Roku currently saying that 26% I reiterate, a quarter of Roku's total cash and cash equivalents are held with SVB. The company's deposits are with SVB, are largely uninsured, and they don't know what extent it can recover those cash deposit deposits. So currently Roku, of course, the maker of the way in which you consume perhaps what you're watching in this very moment, 26% of its total cash and cash equivalents are held with SVB, and Ed, existing cash flow is enough for the next 12 months and beyond. Of course, this is a later stage company, a public company, and one that we keep a close eye on, currently falling 6% after hours. Beginning of last year, 2022, the bank's stock price hit an all-time high of over 700 per share. Now the question becomes, what further contagion and fallouts will we see in the tech and crypto space resulting from this historic bank failure? We were already seeing the largest monthly layoff announcements for U.S. tech companies going into this event. And given the worst U.S. bond market performance since 1871, many U.S. banks are still sitting on record-sized unrealized losses, with their bond portfolios illustrated here, this data through the end of last year, 2022. If this is indeed the beginning of another major U.S. bank failure cycle, the second half of the postponed 2008 global financial crisis, perhaps? Time's going to tell, of course, but in the meantime, insolvent thrifts, otherwise known as failed banks, is only the first layer of the original inverse pyramid of eventual failing counterparty risk-laden assets that was illustrated by this cartoon made by former Federal Reserve Governor John Exeter. It's turbulent times like these where prudent bullion positions shine as the soundest portion of one's long-term value stored wealth, one without counterparty risk. Hello on behalf of SDBullion.com, this is James Anderson with your weekly bullion market update. Before we go any further, smash the like button so we can share this content with other like-minded sound money stackers. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more complimentary weekly updates to come. And don't forget to enter our free bullion giveaway. SD Bullion Silver Eagle Monster Box Sweepstakes is back. And with it, another opportunity to win 500 Silver Eagle coins just like this guy. 
Yeah, this is Kevin. Hi, Kevin. This is Dr. Tyler Wall, CEO of SD Bullion. I'm calling to you to let you know that you won the SD Bullion giveaway of a Munster box of 2022 Silver Eagles. Unbelievable. That is awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I'd, I'd be a lot more excited, but I'm at work, so I can't really scream and holler too much. <laughs> so click the link below, because the next big winner could be you. We had a slightly mixed week of trading for the respective two precious monetary metals. The spot silver price rallied a bit to close this week, finishing just over $20.50 per ounce bid. The spot gold price climbed on the bank trouble news today, hitting near $1,870 an ounce bid to finish this week's trading. The spot gold-silver ratio climbed a little bit on gold's relative strength versus silver, closing at 91 for the week. Following up on last week's SD Bullion market update, in which I made a point about Western gold investors being all but gone in this current market, at least on the institutional side, you can see on this chart we had massive net outflows from gold ETFs over the last two plus years. Meanwhile, the spot gold price has hung in, um, consistently trading sideways more or less in a range. We're not that far from nominal record price highs still. So why has the spot price of gold stayed so strong over this time frame? While global central banks, mostly in the Eastern world, are taking full advantage of relatively low gold spot prices as they are continually buying gold bullion, uh, in 2023 we're still seeing volumes that are akin to volumes not seen since before World War II. This week we learned of more large volume gold bullion buying data. Updates by Singapore, China, and other Eastern central banks were made. The following is a YouTube short I did updating followers on the ongoing government gold buying spree and trend. Record-sized government central bank gold buying in 2022 continues at a torrid pace to start this year, 2023. Last weekend, the Monetary Authority of Singapore Central Bank website updated, adding an additional 44.6 tons of gold bullion to its official reserves in January 2023. This is the first increase since June 2021 and the highest monthly purchase on record back to August 2000. Singapore's gold reserves now total 198.4 tons. That updates net government central bank gold buying for last January at over 75 metric tons or nearly 2.5 million troy ounces. The spot gold price currently near 1,850 per troy ounce, so that's nearly 60 million of government gold buying to start January 2023. Central banks collectively are buying gold at a pace not seen since before World War II as they prepare to change the current US dollar dominated monetary system into a more multipolar global central bank digital currency system. This week's shocking news of the second largest U.S. bank failure in financial history is not all that surprising, given the damning data when one bothers to look at bank balance sheets ignoring fiat financial propagandists and doing a bit of your own research. Late last year, former president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City warned Financial Times readers that a potential U.S. bank crisis was brewing. Thomas Honig wrote the following in December 2022, and it's worth looking back and reading through because it's happening. The financial services industry and many of its regulators will tell you that America's largest banks are well buttressed against a potential 2023 recession as the Federal Reserve raises interest rates to combat inflation. However, the data are less reassuring. The country's eight biggest banks have a buffer against unexpected losses of only about the same size that they had in 2006 as we approached the global financial crisis and the recession that followed. This is a period in which hundreds of banks failed and some of the largest were bailed out using billions of dollars in federal assistance. These eight institutions, called Global Systematically Important Banks, GSIBs, because their size and complexity have an outsized impact on the domestic and global economies, now have tangible capital covering, on average, only 6.7% of their $14.7 trillion in total assets, according to the most recent Fed data. 
This crucial measure of financial resilience, called Tier 1 Leverage Ratio, is only 0.7 percentage points higher than recorded in 2006. In other words, the U.S.'s largest, most systematically important banks are almost as highly leveraged today as then. Should the economy experience a significant slowdown, it's highly likely that this level of leverage would negatively affect financial firms and intensify any recession within the U.S. and global economies. Banks should cautiously repair their capital buffers now before a possible recession undermines the public's trust in them. Following the crisis of 2007-2009, and in response to public anger, Congress, bank supervisors, and banks themselves raised capital levels within the industry. Between 2008 and 2016, GSIB Tier 1 capital as a proportion of total assets reached a high of 9%. The ratio for community and regional banks also increased to between 10 and 11%. However, as the economy strengthened and the largest banks recovered from the shock, they successfully lobbied for legislation that would provide relief for certain capital requirements. With slim evidence, they also asserted that they were overcapitalized and that higher tier one capital ratios caused them to take on more risk and to make fewer loans. The drive for lower capital requirements accelerated during the COVID-19 pandemic as an inflow of deposits put pressure on capital ratios and threatened the lower bank's return to investors. Over time, therefore, bank capital standards have slowly deteriorated as reflected in the current numbers. These are of concern today as banks confront the likelihood of increased losses in both their securities and loan portfolios. For example, losses in the banking industry's investment portfolio for the third quarter of 2022 amounted to nearly $690 billion. Of that total, $300 billion was attributed to the eight GSIB banks. Should these large banks need to sell securities to meet liquidity pressures during an economic slowdown, such sales would turn unrealized losses into real ones and have a significant impact on earnings and capital. In addition, banks are anticipating increased loan problems as the economy contracts as interest rates rise, asset quality will weaken further, placing pressure on bank capital and undermining bank resilience. Bank capital should be built up cautiously but swiftly. Interest rates will continue to increase or at least remain high. Investment securities will have further price declines and loan quality will deteriorate. There may be legitimate arguments as to why the U.S. will avoid a recession, but one remains likely. Strong bank capital is essential complement to active monetary policy in moderating the effects of any downturn that may develop. So as you can see, the second to last article pretty much nailed it, and we saw it happen real time this week with the second largest U.S. bank failure in financial history. Of course, we'll continue to monitor and report on future fallouts from this major bank failure event in future SD Bullion market updates to come. In the meantime, price premiums have slimmed and inventory levels on prudent bullion product options remain robust for now. That's all for this week's SD Bullion market update. As always, to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. Finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content.